0: To find our hope and comfort, let us pray. God of light, pierce the darkness with your word. Help us to see you in the words we are about to hear. Our gospel lesson today comes from John 15, 1-8. Let us listen for God's word. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean, because the word that you have spoken to you, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. Our epistle reading today is from 1 John 4, 7 to 21. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God has made manifest among us And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us, If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother.
1: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. There's an old song that I loved as a kid. It was on one of those kids' praise videotapes with Salty the Songbook. Salty was a giant singing hymnal, basically, who taught kids Bible passages about being nice to each other by singing about them. If you don't know what kids' praise was, maybe that was before or after your time, or if you want to revisit it for nostalgia's sake, you can find it on YouTube. I will warn you, however, I did look it up on YouTube this morning, and Salty the Singing Songbook is about a thousand times more terrifying than I remember him being, so consider yourselves warned if you have nightmares tonight about sentient hymnals. All that to say, my favorite kids' praise song was based on a small part of this passage that Marty just read. Instead of subjecting you to a terrifying giant blue singing hymnal, I thought I would subject you to my ukulele playing instead. Trust me, this is still better. God, for God is love, beloved, let us love one another, First John 4, 7, and 8. I will never forget where to find that passage in the Bible because of the end of that little song. It's a really great, catchy song that gets caught in your head. I won't be surprised if I get text messages from a few of you later today that say I've been singing that stupid song all day. And like I said, you will probably never forget where to find this passage ever again. You'll just have to sing through the whole song to get to the reference. That giant singing hymnal was smarter than he looked. As an adult, I still love that song, obviously. But it's deeper now than it used to be. It's it's harder to process now, actually, as an adult. It has more teeth, than a cute little song like that feels like it should. He that loveth not knoweth not God. You don't love others, you don't actually know God. It's a big problem with that. Some people are really hard to love. I know a few. I'm sure you do too. You probably have someone in mind already Maybe a name popped into your head, even just as I said, some people are hard to love. I've preached before, probably on many occasions, about love being what you do more than what you feel. And that's helpful in certain situations. We can still act loving uh, towards someone when we're mad at them, for example and not have to worry about the fact that we're surly about doing something kind for them because love is not a feeling, it is an action. But that does make some situations harder. It can be easier to feel compassion for a theoretical poor person on the other side of the world than it can be to stop and talk to a distressed stranger on the streets where we live, but which is more loving? Thinking nice thoughts about someone far away or actually changing something about our day or our plans to help somebody else? I know what the answer is for me. There is something tangible about the love that we are called to give one another, this love that is modeled after Jesus. This isn't an unattainable or elusive love. It's not theoretical. It's a love we have already been given. We have a model for it. We have a model that all Christians should be pretty familiar with, Jesus. That doesn't mean that everyone who claims to know God does, or that it's going to be easy to love in the ways God does. But this passage is clear about something. It is through love that we know God. It's through God's love shown to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that we know God loves us. And it's through the love we show one another that we share our love back to God and reflect God's love to those around us. God loves you is a very nice thing to say. But you can't touch that, feel that, see that without another person doing what that says. We can sit here and talk about God's love in church all day long and send money to far off places we have compassion for, which we absolutely should do, for the record. But unless we are out there in our communities and in our lives actually doing God's love for those around us, we stand no chance of getting any closer to God It is in our active loving of the very people who are hard to love that God is known not just here in this group of Christians talking about God together every week but in the world out there outside these walls love active sacrificial unbiased difficult exhausting love is like a snowball rolling down a hill The more it's nurtured, the more it grows, and the more visible it is, the more people join in to participate in it. And the more visible love is in the world, the more visible God is in the world. It's been a hard year to see God in the world around us. That's why I felt it's been so important to keep our witnessing God at work in the world piece of the service going. In some ways, the video format kind of works better for that piece. It allows more people to participate by sending in videos and photos without having to stand up at the microphone and share out loud in front of everyone. But it's interesting that there will be some weeks where I get one photo each from six or eight people and other weeks where there are just one or two of us really scrapping to find some photos that are going to work for the week. And that's okay. But I think it points to something important we really need to name about this past year. It has been a really hard year to see God around us. It's been a really hard year to see love around us. This past year has seen a pandemic, a new wave of the civil rights movement, and a very contentious presidential election, among other things. Tensions are high, and every conversation it feels like these days is a potential landmine waiting to explode and do damage to our relationships. For many people, that's been the hardest way to love people lately and the way we communicate with each other and navigate the very public messiness of the world. But if we are to witness to a God of love, then we must Find ways to be with one another and talk with one another without villainizing those who think, look, or act differently, without ignoring difficult conversations. The world doesn't need more petty arguing right now, it needs more love. Because even for those of us still going to church right now, it's been a very hard year to see God around us. This is a vicious cycle. The less love we see, the more disconnected we feel from God. And the more disconnected we feel from God, the less we are able to love and to be loved in return. But like any difficult cycle, we break it by starting small. We take it one small, loving step at a time, all the while keeping our eyes on the model of love we are given in Jesus Christ. Today we're going to celebrate communion. Once again, we are celebrating communion with a physical distance between you and I for most of us. Some of you are mad about that. And some of you are glad about that. Some of you may be feeling relief. Some of you may be upset. The elders and I are doing our best to navigate all the emotions and come to reasonable, safe compromises. So we thank you again for your grace. And today, we've decided that for us, love looks like at least one more distanced communion while the remainder of our staff and volunteers finish getting vaccinated and while we work on getting the system working right (laughs) so that we can be together worshiping in the same service, in person or at home, at the same time. We do not have to be physically present to love one another. Ironically, this past year, we've had to be physically distant to love one another in most situations. But if we really believe that God is everywhere and that it is Jesus Christ who connects us to God and to one another, then no matter where we are physically, we are still joined together in a way that is more real than any room on earth. I know, it's been weird to think that we have been loving God by not being together And it's been delightful to start building more togetherness back into our lives over the past couple of months, hasn't it? John and I were just talking about that this morning, how delightful it is to begin to see friends in person again. In loving one another, we are loving God. John does not say in this letter, I need to specify I was talking to Elder John from church this morning, not the author of the letter. uh, But now I'm referring to the author of the letter here, who does not say that um, everyone that comes to church on Sunday is born of God and knoweth God. It says everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Love first. God sees the love you have shown one another this year, my dear ones. The world around you sees the love you have shown one another this year. So as we do begin to phase back into hybrid worship with some of you in the sanctuary and some of you at home on Sundays, don't forget that godly love that your church family has shown you this year. You have all lived out difficult love for one another this year, and it has not gone unnoticed. And remember, as we begin to shift and change the way we are doing things It's okay if some of you have felt very far from God this year as you have been very far from one another. That's normal. That's natural. That's expected. And it's also okay that some of you aren't ready to be physically present in the church building with your church family just yet. We've got your back. You are all still beloved members of this family. We're coming out of this. Still going to be weird for a while. But we'll be okay if we hold on to this. Beloved, let us love one another, one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love. Another first John four, seven, and eight.
0: Amen.